0: Hey everybody, this is Daniela Park over here at Doing It Sober. Thank you for joining me on another episode of 12 Steps for the Sober Curious. This is a very clear-cut, simple, easy way to look at the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I am not trying to push the 12 steps on you. I just want to allow people to be able to listen if they're driving in their cars and they want to brush up on the steps, or maybe you don't know if you're an alcoholic, or maybe you're just having a a rough, rough time in life, and these steps might just help you better your life. I mean... They've helped me stay sober for almost 13 years. So I believe that they are good for anybody who wants to listen to them. We are on step three. We have gone through step one, which is we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We're starting to get some sanity. We want to get well. We want to try to figure out what our problem is and why we can't drink like other people. We are now on step three. Made a decision. This is where we make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him now by now if you've been following along with me hopefully you can understand uh, or identify as an agnostic an atheist or a person who believes that there is something out there of their own understanding and I've talked about this before my God is definitely greater than me. And without him, I'd never be able to complete this step. My God is a bird, it's a dog, it's a smile on someone's face, it's so many different things. Step three is a step of love, honesty, and purity. Open mindedness. Now, like I mentioned, a God, as we understood him, wants us to be happy, joyous, free, and live a loving life. And we start to come to believe that our level of happiness is increased phenomenally if we turn ourselves over to the care of God. Now, what I mean by that is we're deeply contented basically with what any, with, with any situation that may happen. Yes, we're never going to be perfect, but it will, however, be possible to live at a much higher level of happiness and to be much more free if we take the step and we turned ourselves over. And and how I do that is acceptance. I get into acceptance, and after a lot of pain and suffering, because I'm not perfect, I'll jump into acceptance and I will realize that maybe it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. And then I go, okay. I can't do this anymore this is too stressful why am I going through this stress and so I say God here you take this I'll write on a piece of paper my issues I'll throw them in my God box or sometimes I'll throw them in the toilet and flush them now how it works is the chapter that goes with uh, where step 3 is starting to begin and um basically, they say that people have not failed, that have thoroughly followed this um, way of living, this simple program, basically. It's a way of life. And, uh, you know, a lot of people balked and they, they were welcome to go find their own way, of course, because there are many different ways these days of uh, getting, you know, in recovery, but letting go absolutely is essential with alcoholism and putting your drink down and turning it over to a care of God and to give all of that power to the one who has all power. And if you haven't found him, I hope you find him now half measures availed us nothing we stood at the turning point we asked his protection and care with complete abandon nobody among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles we're not saints but the point is is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines and we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Uh, We went over the description of the alcoholic and some of the um, ideas that we came up with or that they came up with in the book was that we were alcoholic and we could not manage our own lives. And I find that to be very true. I can't manage my life when I'm drinking and using. No chance in hell. B, that probably no human could have relieved our alcoholism. My mother, no matter no matter how badly she wanted me to stop, there was nothing that she could do that was going to stop my alcoholism. And when I decided to get on my knees and ask a higher power for help, I felt relief. And it is something I can't explain, but I felt safe and I didn't take a drink. I was headed to Chicago to go film a show. I had just gotten sober and I had no God. And I was asked to pray in the morning, please, God, help me from taking a drink. And at night, thank you, God, for keeping me sober. And guess what? I didn't drink. Now, once we're convinced that we are actually willing to give up all power, we basically are at step three. Um, The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Oh, isn't that true? Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to rearrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. That's an alcoholic right there. We want to make it our way, and it's going to run perfect if we let them do it our way. (laughs) Now, if only they would stay put, if only they would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. Yeah, I can do that. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. Oof, I can do that too. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes, on the next occasion, still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? (laughs) Just tell me, is this, is this like you? Because I can certainly relate. Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants and do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony, but that wasn't my intention our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He is like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining about the sad state of the nation, the minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are all sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave the outlaw safe cracker who thinks society has wronged him, and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations, are most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentment, or our self-pity? Now, that says a lot for me. As an alcoholic, I am always getting an incorrect judgment of another human being because my brain works like that. And guess what that causes a resentment and resentments are the number one offenders. We love to drink over a resentment. I have problems with companionship and being accepted and prestige and being accepted as a leader of the group, my self esteem. What do they think of me? My pride, My excessive thought of myself and my personal relations, sex and my security. These are all the different things that I am affected by when my mind is driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking and self-pity. And by thinking that, I step on the toes of my fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some point in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot. Though he usually doesn't think so, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of our selfishness. We must or it kills us. And God makes that possible. There often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self (laughs) uh, without his aid. And many of us had moral and psychological problems. convictions, but we could not live up to them even though we wish we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. And first of all, we had to quit playing God first. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in the drama of life that God was going to be our director. He is the principal, we are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. Ooh, I love that. We basically, from what I heard, that we are born with three different dimensions, and we are naturally born with this God intended nature. And the three dimensions are God, ourselves, and humans. Pretty scary if we're going to depend on ourselves and other humans because. Nobody can fix my alcoholism. I have to fix it. I have to rely on something bigger than me. And I truly wholeheartedly believe that because it worked for me. I never had a God in my life. And this absolutely, this thought took place in, in my brain and I went with it. And it felt good. Okay. um, I didn't get the part. Great. It wasn't supposed to be, it wasn't meant to be. He doesn't like me. Okay, fine. Great. One less guy I have sex with. I mean, you know, there's, (laughs) that's how my brain works, but just for an example. And when we took a look at all, you know, all these issues, remarkable things started to follow and we had a new employer being all powerful. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. Oh my God. Can you believe it? Our little plans and designs more and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully. As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or hereafter. We were reborn. And to me, that means we renewed our minds. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee. To build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I'm going to give you a different version to kind of explain what this means. (laughs) Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always." We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. And actually when I did this step, I memorized that prayer and I got on my hands and knees and went to a very beautiful place with my sponsor and we did that prayer and then we kind of meditated holding hands afterward And there was some kind of a magic that I felt. It was almost as if like a tingle in my body. It was a physical thing. It was a mental thing. And it was a big deal for me. Um, Now, the the modified kind of version will go like this. Dear God, (laughs) I made a mess of trying to manage my life. I have proved I can't do it. Also, I want to become happy, joyous, and free, which I understand you also want for me. Therefore, I've made a decision to turn my will and my life over to you. Please relieve me of the prison of my selfish mind so I can better do your will. Please take away my difficulties, beginning with my disease of alcoholism so that the victory over them can demonstrate to others your power and your love and your way of life. Please help me with my step four written inventory. May I do your will better and better one day at a time. Thank you very much. And then basically we moved on to our fourth step, but there's a few other bits of information um, in the chapter How It Works. And it just goes on to talk about what kind of person are you going to become? Um, Is it better to meet God alone or with another person? There isn't a way to do this. It is a humble position that you put yourself in and you let go of being a taker in life because the takers are the losers in life. The givers are the winners, and we kind of are, like, my brain was was renewed after this, and I, I started sponsoring other girls, and I started really being of service, and it felt damn good. I remember I didn't know how I was going to get my next paycheck, but I knew that if I was of service, that I would have a mind full of just helping people, and I wouldn't have to think about it. Because right in that moment, there was nothing I could do about it. So if I was making coffee or just speaking to another alcoholic, not only was I saving my life, I was also helping somebody else, which is really cool. Um, This step is a vital, crucial step. And... It has no effect, they say, unless at once there is a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Our liquor was just a symptom, so we had to get down to the causes and the conditions. (sighs) Basically, it's not confusing. I say basically a lot. That's irritating. But this is just off the cuff. And There's nothing to be afraid of, be afraid of, and the confusion is kind of in everybody. So therefore, we started upon a personal inventory, and that was step four. And it's a short one today because that was all we needed to do to step three. We do have some uh, definitions. One of them was selfish, and the other one was self. And they're all kind of around the same, but they have different meanings. So selfish is an adjective looking after our own desires, concerned with our own interests, needing and wishing while ignoring those of others demonstrating selfishness, showing that personal needs and wishes are thought to be more important than those of other people. I am so over that life. Like, I can't even stand that part of my personality. And when I was drinking, I did not care because I was the queen. Ugh, such an ugly thing. Uh, Self is a noun. Perceived personality, somebody's personality or an aspect of it. Especially as perceived by others. He's not sure his usual usual self. He's not his usual self this morning. Self interest, somebody's own individual interests and welfare, especially when placed before those of other people. Another definition, complete personality, a complete and individual personality, especially one that somebody recognizes as his, her, or her own, and with which there is a sense of ease. A person needs to develop a sense of self. So it, it's self is developing your own sense of self. Selfish is looking after only those desires. And step three was made a decision to turn our life over. And decision is something somebody has settled on, something that somebody chooses or makes up his or her mind about after considering it and other possible choices. It was a tough decision to make, but hell yeah, I made it. All right, so, um, firmness in choosing something, the ability to choose or decide about things in a clear and definite way without too much hesitation or delay, a man of decision process of choosing the process of coming to a conclusion or determination about something. And that's okay because a decision takes time. It's a conclusion about something you've been thinking about. It's a decision after a bunch of thoughts and basically you're awarding your thoughts with a decision. Convinced was another one of the words. Make certain to make somebody sure or certain of something. We are convinced of his guilt. Persuade to do something to persuade somebody to do something Nothing would convince them to invest in such a scheme. Convinced. Will. The core meaning is a module verb used to indicate future time. So self-will. I'm trying to figure this one out with you. Delegates from all over Europe with, uh, ugh, no. Will you ever be able to forgive him? Your suit will be ready for collection. Interesting. Okay. It's a very long, long, long definition. Um, I'll just finish it and then then we'll be done. Polite questions. Used in questions to make polite invitations or offers. Will you sit down, please? 2. Requests. Used in questions to make request: Will you take the wash out for me, please? Commands. Used when ordering somebody to do something. You will do exactly as I say. Customary behavior. Used to indicate the way that something usually happens or the way that somebody usually does something. It's crazy how many different meanings the wetter the road conditions the harder it will be to stop 5 willingness used to indicate that somebody is willing to do something i will mail your letters for you ability used to intricate i'm sorry indicate the ability or capacity of something the wardrobe will not fit in your bedroom 7 is expectation used to express or hmm, that doesn't make sense. That will be them at the door now. Eight inclination used to indicate the inevitably the inevitable or something happening or being true. She will stay up till all hours in front of the TV. All right, cool. Well, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Step four is a process that you need to go into right away, so I will try to get that done for you soon. Thank you for uh, bearing with my casual uh, collection of notes here and so on, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you for listening.